It's time for Tuesday Terror here on the Mutual Audio Network. Be sure to leave the lights on while you listen. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself comfortable. Rumoured lore of bloodthirsty beast. Roaming the woodland of Crooked Run, Virginia had been passed on from the old country. Whispered superstitions of elder folk often striking mortal terror into the hearts of the young and gullible. Nevertheless, something feral did seem to prey on the livestock of local farmers during the rise of a full moon. On some rare instance, this legendary carnivore might even sink its deadly fangs into the flesh of unwary human prey as well. You're listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight, the waning days of the American Civil War set the stage for our tale of howling creatures of the night. Written by resident lycanthrope John Ballantyne. The play is called The Dreams of Wolves. To whom it may concern. My name is Daniel Martin Calloway. I was a courier in the U.S. Army Signal Corps during the war. I relate this account now, some time later, for fear my memory of the events in the wilderness of Virginia will fade with advancing years. And while this story may seem fanciful and perhaps even a product of delusion, I must assure you that I have never been prone to superstition. And it is all quite true. During the autumn of 1864, we were caught in a skirmish with a band of mounted rebels near Hickory Creek. My party had become separated during the fight and we found ourselves lost in the woods. No familiar landmarks. By this time, there was only four of us as we tried to evade another band of ribs. We fled into a withered brown cornfield, narrowly escaping. We had no idea where we were. And this cornfield seemed to stretch as far as the eye could see. I think they're still on our tail, Sarge. 
No sign of him. Maybe luck is with us yet. I don't feel so lucky right now, Sarge. Kinda strange. What's that, Barnes? Almost like... They quit the chase once we got in this cornfield. Your leg, Myers. How is it? I can make a few more miles, Sergeant. Good. We need to find shelter before nightfall. <laughs> Shame. Could have brewed some fine liquor out of all this corn. Hold on. What is it, Barnes? Something's been through here. I see. Tore a path to these stalks. Hey, up. Have a look at this. Holy mother! Something big came through here. Animal tracks. Don't recall ever seeing nothing like it except maybe once. A uh, bear? Maybe a dog of some kind, or a... Or a wolf. Now, never was left a big pile of shit here. Watch your step. Well, god damn. You've been harassed by Rebs all day. Now we gotta contend with wolves by night? We still have light. There's bound to be a farm nearby. Uh, maybe we surrender, Sarge? We were lost. No food, no provisions. We'll do no such thing, Private. We have orders. Sarge, did my eyes deceive me, or is that a column of chimney smoke over that way? Let's have a look. By twilight, we reached a clearing with a sizable plantation home. Lamplight glowing inside. The big house seemed to be surrounded completely by the dried cornfield. How peculiar, I thought. It was as if the place had been purposely hidden, isolated. Have a look at that big harvest moon coming up. Red as blood. House appears to be occupied, Sergeant. Private Fairchild, take a position near the front door. Keep your distance till we know who's inside and if they're armed. Likely no menfolk. That corn crop ain't been tended in some time. That dries bone. We can take it, sir. By force, if called for. Unless the situation otherwise dictates, we will conduct ourselves peacefully with civilians. <sighs> Is that understood? Yes, sir. Don't move till I give a signal. I don't like it. Something odd about this place. Doesn't appear we have much choice. In accommodations, Corporal. Oh, hell, what is that fool doing? I told him to keep his distance. He's stepping right to the front porch. Fairchild! Sergeant! Damn! Sergeant! Hold your fire! Hold your fire! Take cover, Sarge. No telling how many guns they got in that place. Where are you off to? You two stay put. Where are you going? Barnes. If I don't come back, take this satchel, do whatever is in your power to see it delivered to General Steed. It is of utmost importance. I will, sir.
You, in the house. We don't mean harm. Don't come no further. We have wounded. That ain't our problem. Well, how many of you are there? Four of us. Well, that's far too many. Let me see your hands. Yes, ma'am. I'm not holding a weapon. I will not hurt you, I swear it. Oh. Well, your man is bleeding out on my front porch. You best come on and let's parlay before he's done in. Keep that rifle on him, Kelly. Don't let your guard down. These yanks are full of devilment. We ought not let him in the house, Callie. Abigail, you're not supposed to be downstairs. Ma'am, we need a place for tonight. We'll be gone by sunrise. You have my word. Your word? What does the word of a blue belly mean? Miss Viola, please. I shot that man out there. We owe it to them to see to their wounded. We owe them nothing. Are you sure about this, Callie? It's the Christian thing, Abigail. What's your name, sir? I'm Sergeant Daniel Calloway. Appreciate any hospitality you might provide. I'm Callie, my sister Abigail, and this is Miss Viola. Just the three of you? Oh, God willing. There will soon be four. Abigail is expecting. Soon. We'd best get you back upstairs to your room, Miss Abigail. Callie, are you sure you don't need us? Sergeant Calloway here has a kind face. I don't think he'll hurt us. Kind face? You keep that gun on him. Come along, Miss Abigail. Take my hand. Bring in your men, Sergeant. We will do what we can for him. Obliged, ma'am. It became clear, with only three women, we'd have little impediment in taking control of the property. But I felt there would be no need for such measures. We would be content to stay overnight and be on our way by morning. After all, we had our mission. <laughs> Keep pressure on that wound, Fairchild. Oh, God. Oh, this is a bad fix, Sarge. These women going to take care of you. You'll be right as rain. Oh. How about you, Myers? I'm just grateful to have a spot to rest my head, sir. Right, I hope the parlor will do. Um... Dreadful sorry for shooting your man, Sergeant. I did not know his intentions. I mean, we hear stories and such about the things soldiers do. I understand. I'll send Miss Viola down to care for your wounded. Thank you, ma'am. You seem skittish, Corporal Barnes. You spot something out that window? Well, it's too dark now, but... Something was moving at the edge of that cornfield a few minutes ago. 
Ribs? No, sir. Sarge. Come on in. We're not gonna get far with Myers and Fairchild. If delivering this pouch is so vital, I recommend we set off without them. So they end up in a Confederate prison camp? This war is damn near finished. General Sherman took Atlanta weeks ago. What do you mean, assuming these two boys even live? They won't rot in a prison camp too long. <sighs> Thing that worries me, Sergeant, we're being trailed by something. I have suspicions of what it might be, but... Suspicions? I've hunted grizzly up north and wolves, and sometimes, yeah, they turn around and they hunt you, and, but the, the track we found out there in that cornfield, that's a monster of an animal, much bigger than anything that ought to be in these parts. All right, now, let's have a look. Huh. Oh, God. That's not good. What? What's not good? Well, you've been gut shot, boy. Ain't much I can do for you. We got no medicine. Docs at the field hospital care for worse. You see any doctors around here? Hmm? That musket ball is deep, and I can't dig it out. All I can do is maybe stop the bleeding. Here, sit up. Stay still. Damn, that hurts. Hush. My husband Gideon, he was at Coffee Hill when he got shot. Right in the gut, just like you. Shot by one of you bluebellies. Maybe it was you. Yep. They say he lingered three days. His insides burning. A man his age don't have no business fighting a war. Should have been home. Now I got nothing left. No one to take care of me. Sure hope you don't suffer like my Gideon did. Miss Viola, I expect it's time. Will you go upstairs and see to Abigail? I'll uh, finish up here. I will. <clears throat> no need to torture these boys. They're already hurt. Well, they'll be lucky to live out the night. If that... If that thing comes... We're safe here in this house. So you say. Right, let's have a look at that leg. Your name? Myers, ma'am. Myers, ma'am? Seems a peculiar name. <laughs> William Myers. Grateful to you, ma'am. I must apologize for Miss Viola. She lost her husband in battle some months ago. Hold that. She's been staying here with us, helping with Abigail while she's with the child. I understand. Where's the man of the house? Oh, Daddy? 
uh, in Vicksburg, according to the last letter. I'll take that. He planted the whole field in corn before he set out, but uh, as you can see, there was no one left to harvest it. I suppose he felt it would uh, keep us hidden. Safe. Safe from what? Keep your legs straight. That's good. Try to get some rest. Where's your sister's husband? The father of her child? He was at Powder Ridge. There was a nasty fight. We don't know if he's still alive. Callie, I need your help. The baby's coming. Excuse me. Well, well. Looks like you have a healthy baby girl, Miss Abigail. Oh, please. Can I hold her? Of course you can, honey. (laughs) She's beautiful, like her mama. Oh. She's all wrinkled and red. That's just the way newborns look, dear. You got a name picked out? Where's Ned, Callie? Is Ned here? Abigail, hon, you know he can't be here. Thank heavens. I can't believe my eyes, Callie. She's normal. Ten toes and all. What'd you expect? I... I don't know... I was just afraid. What's wrong? Miss Callie, take the child. This may not be over. What do you mean? There's another one. It hurts something awful this time. Just try to breathe, dear. Let's have a look. For pity's sake. Well, Myers and Fairchild are asleep. You'd best get rest yourself. We've got a lot of miles to cover tomorrow. I don't know if I can sleep. You hear the noises coming out of that room? It was an odd racket. Ma'am, might we be any assistance? Oh, no. She's resting now. Poor girl. Didn't know she was carrying twins. Will she be all right? I hope so. She's running a fever. Pardon me. I set my bedroll on the floor in an upstairs room, passing into deep slumber as soon as my eyes shut. Lack of sleep had taken its toll. My restful respite, though, would be short-lived. Sergeant Calloway! What is it, Barnes? You need to come downstairs!
My God. Is that? That child. And my eyes. I'm afraid so, sir. Holy Christ on the cross. They hardly look human. What did this? Likely the same creature that was tracking us in that calm field. Prince lead out the door, soaked in their blood. Someone leave the door open? What's the racket down here? A body can't even sleep. <gasps> Merciful Lord, you're gonna wait the... <gasps> So whatever torn of these boys didn't open that door by itself. Barnes. Well, you don't know much about the critters we have round here then, hmm? Do you, Yank? Miss Callie, you said we were safe here in this house. I, I thought we were. I, Pastor Keller blessed our home and said we would be safe. Pastor Keller prays every Sunday for peace and an end to the war. But it ain't happened. Do you have something to cover them up? I'll fetch a sheet. Sergeant, I'm going to track this devil. There's a clear trail leading outside. How are you going to manage that in the dark, Barnes? I got a lantern. Besides, we allow something like this to get away. It's liable to return for a second helping. Agreed. I'll be along shortly. It's foolish to go out there. Ma'am, what did you mean about being safe here? Safe from what? There are monsters that roam this land. It's those Lucian boys down by Crooked Run. Ned and his brothers. Folks around here can't keep livestock for fear those cursed hounds will come and... Spola! Whatever did this to these men is not human. You are right about that, Sergeant. Those boys ain't human. Not anymore. I'm going back upstairs to keep watch on your sister. Sergeant Calloway, if you're determined to hunt this creature, you'll need this. I have my own gun, ma'am. No, your bullets won't do it harm. Lead will just anger it. Take the rifle... Here's a pouch of silver musket balls to reload. Pastor Keller said Miss that- Miss Callie, by the time I reload that thing, I'll be a dead man. Sergeant, please. I'll take my chances with the revolver. Very well. May God walk with you. I'd appreciate the company. Tracks lead off in the cornfield. Looks like the mongrel took part of Maya's with him. Oh. Heard stories about these creatures. Crafty bastards. I believe we tracked one when I was a boy, me and my uncle. It's said by daylight they walk like you or me, but under light of a full moon.
We moved into the dense cornfield, our guns held ready. Even on the battlefield, I had never known such fear. He came through here. See the tracks? It's walking upright. Wait. I hear something. Is that... Holy Christ. Six yards in front of us, it stood. Freakishly tall. And as Barnes raised his lantern, I could see it clearly for the first time, glaring at us with fangs that held what remained of Private Meyer's leg. Back away, Sergeant. Back away. Real slow. I've got a clear shot. Don't do it, sir. Not sure a howitzer would put a scratch in that thing. Besides... I don't think he's the Alpha. What do you mean? There's more than one. It's a package. Suggestions, Barnes? Keep backing off. Don't take your eyes off them. Which of them, Barnes? They're all around us. Do we have a clear path behind us, back to the house? Uh, I believe so. Good. Get ready to run. I'm gonna smash this lantern. Old Cornfield is gonna go up like a dried husk, so be ready. Maybe it'll frighten them off, give us a chance to make a break. I'm sure that'll work. Better. They'll be on us in a few seconds. All right, Barnes. On count of three. One. Two. Three. Let's go! Go! I think I'm out of work. Barnes? Barnes was right. The fire spread quickly. He was behind me one second, and within the blink of an eye, gone. I'm not sure if the fire got him or one of the wolves. Miss Kelly! What is it? Miss Abigail. She's dead. How? She was bleeding inside. No telling what that critter did to her innards. 
Ain't natural for a woman to bear something like that. What are you? What are you saying? Go see for yourself. It was her favorite tune. Miss Kelly, I'm sorry. I hate to bring this news right now, but we need to leave this house. Why? A fire is spreading in the cornfield. If the wind picks up at me, engulf this place. I peered into the crib at the foot of the bed. Abigail's baby girl lay there, sleeping peacefully. Miss Callie? Where's the other child? She motioned toward the underside of the crib. What I found there was swaddled in a wool blanket, still bloody. In truth, I am unsure what could have prepared me for what I beheld wrapped so carefully on the floor. Hardened by war, I should have been startled by nothing. The creature reminded me of a newborn pup with its elongated snout, short matted fur covering pink skin, silently sleeping, dreaming the dreams of wolves. Miss Kelly, we have to go. I know. I'll get the baby. Come now, sweetness. Nearly forgot. I've got to grab something. What is it? My satchel. All right, here it is. Let's go. There's a path through the corn. It'll take us to Miss Viola's place. Where is she? Uh, I don't know. Miss Viola! We have to leave the house! We we need to leave now! Oh, my God. Ah, damn. Don't look. What happened to her? Looks like one of them got her. It may still be in the... It's in the next room. Stay behind me. No, Sergeant, you can't hurt him. Not with that gun. Ned? Ned Lucian? It's me, Callie. Do you recall? Uh, Abigail's big sister? 
You always wanted to come court me, but Daddy wouldn't allow it. R remember? Well, Abigail gave birth. She had twins. This is your daughter. Oh, we're just taking her for a spell. Just, just gonna rock her to sleep. But upstairs is your son. Abigail is there too. She's, she's waiting on you, Ned. Been calling for you. Why don't you go up to see her? Alright, let's go. Hold on. One last thing. What are you gonna do? There's nothing left here for me now. I won't be coming back. Miss Callie? The flames from the oil lamp rose quickly, engulfing the house. We could hear the cries of that tortured beast, the man once Ned Lucian. Callie gazed into the conflagration, mesmerized, fire dancing in her eyes. There go not, like the quarry slave at night, scourged to his dungeon but sustained and soothed by an unfaltering trust. Approach thy grave, like one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him, and lies down to pleasant dreams. Shh, don't fret, sweet pea. Don't fret. Miss Callie? You best hurry. We managed to find the path Callie had mentioned and quickly made our way toward Mrs. Viola's home. The flames from the cornfield illuminated the night sky and lit our journey, aided as well by that ethereal harvest moon high above. Two days later, I located General Steed's camp, narrowly evading Confederate troops on more than one occasion. I was immediately escorted to his tent, the all-important courier's pouch in hand. Excuse me. General, this is Sergeant Calloway, a courier from the Ohio 11th. Sergeant. You look as if you've been through hell and half of Texas. Apologies for the delay, sir, but I was on foot. Understandable. What might you have for us? I wasn't informed of the contents, sir. I've been pursued and under siege since we set out. How many of your party remain, Calloway? Just me, sir. I see. Well, let's have a look. Oh, 
Colonel Calvin reports General Lee has gathered three regiments in preparation for an ambush of your positions near the Kiowa Valley. Our spies indicate a plan to flank your forces from the east. Enemy troops are set to deploy heavy batteries and substantial cavalry. Well, it just keeps going on and on from there. Sir, are you not going to make preparations? Sergeant, we engaged those rebels two days ago. Our scouts spied them, and we quickly mounted a counteroffensive. Fact is, we routed those rebs, sent them packing. Everything we went through, all of it, for nothing. I'm truly sorry, son, for you and your fallen comrades. Thank you, sir. <sighs> a decent meal and a good night's rest should heal many of your woes, Sergeant. Tomorrow we'll fit you with a horse and provisions, send you back to your regiment. Follow the riverside and you'll not be hindered. We've run those graybacks out of this neck of the woods. Yes, sir. Very good. Dismissed. I am a poor stranger. The next morning, I felt myself drawn back the way I came rather than the safe route. I was curious how Callie and her young niece were faring, but with reflection thought better of it and did not press my luck further. And so I returned to my regiment. Following the war, I attempted to locate them. Memories of that dreadful night, still a fresh wound, still haunting me. They only sent one of you? I expect you're here to dispatch them critters then. One's creeping around at night. Running off with livestock? No, ma'am. Uh, I'm looking for a young woman by the name of Callie. She has an infant little girl. Don't know nobody by that name. Sorry, mister. We just moved in not long ago. You're sure? Is it possible that... I sat empty for some spell. No one's lived here since the war. I see. Well, I'm sorry to take up your time, ma'am. Thank you. If you know any good hunters, send them our way. Varmints butchered our best milking cow the other evening. It was a sight, I tell you. Oh, best take care, mister. Wild terrors roam these parts. I could see the telltale sign of scratches on the door, claw marks. Of course, Callie was long gone. The nearby town revealed no record of her or the child in its registry, and there was no one to document their retreat during that damn war. I have never located them. Now, these many years hence, 
I hope Kelly and her niece are happy somewhere, that they found contentment, preferably far from that place, far, far away from the territorial hunting grounds of the wild Lucian boys of Crooked Run. And as warning for any who might hear my account and dare brave those remote wooded regions of Virginia, heed these words. Take utmost care, particularly if your travels find you there on the eve of a blood-red harvest moon. have been listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight's tale, The Dreams of Wolves, was written, directed, and produced by John Ballantyne. Featured in the cast were Soren Narnia as Sergeant Calloway, Melissa Medina as Callie, Blaine Hicklin as Barn, Monique Sakay Bagwell as Mrs. Viola, Owen McEwen as Fairchild, Shelby Sessler as Abigail, and John Bell as General Steed. Also featured were Julie Hoverson and John Ballantyne. Original music score by Kevin Hartnell. All the Pretty Little Horses, performed by Melissa Medina. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. Sound design by John Ballantyne. Additional sound, courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Share the horror and visit us at CampfireRadioTheatre.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theatre. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio, or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.